Welcome to Kingdom Minded Podcast with Ray Munoz. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I am joined here today by uh, Julian and Kim Estrada. Thank you guys for joining us today. Absolutely. Love your podcast, Brother Ray. We're happy to be here. Awesome. These are some great people here, folks. Um, we've, we've worked together and we uh, have done ministry stuff and we just, these are some great people. So we're here today to talk to these two about our friend James Wang. Um, and this is kind of what this podcast is all about. It's a collective um, work with a bunch of people who have met James, known James, or been impacted by him. Um, why don't you guys start by um, kind of telling us how you guys met James? So, um, I believe I met him the first time through uh, the Redlands Seminar. Mm-hmm. I believe it was coming, him coming in town and teaching and sharing his heart with all of us. Uh, that's how I first met him. When we started to become more on a personal level, it was through Trawler mm. um, that, uh, the as everyone probably is aware, it's just that software uh, that he made that app for attendance. So when I started to take over the bus ministry here at Inland Lighthouse Church, uh, Brother Philip hooked me up with Brother Wang, and from there we kind of just got closer as we worked through bugs or things that we might have found with uh, the trawler app and you know him who we that's where we started to really get close mm-hmm. but um yeah this uh children's ministry of course you know brother wayne was the he was a pioneer for, for right. a lot of it so right right and that's pretty incredible that you worked with him when with trawler because i know he he was very um receptive as far as his feedback like he's like tell me what's wrong with this and you know mm-hmm. if something oh. happens like let me know like he like that was him in anything not just trawler but um i can only imagine um oh yeah and his response every time i like i'll text him something or email him something and it was like a response right away and not just like a okay hey i'll fix it or okay i'll look at it or even just a okay it was like a thorough answer mm-hmm. and a thorough like fix and he's thoroughly he was not a procrastinator he worked hard i mean it blew me away just his response every single time i i felt like i was bugging him i was just like man like <laughs> but he yeah he's he was great yeah everything he did was just with the with the goal i know everyone kind of knows if you met him everyone knows like he's very goal oriented but mm-hmm. like even even for trawler he he was also like excited you know if we found something like hey like um i don't know one one of our girls found this or one of our bus captains found this you know is this the only way to do it whatever it may be and he was always just like no tell me more but Mm -hmm. it was more like the excitement of getting it fixed and just celebrating that part of it which was he was funny like what we thought would be like a a roadblock or like an issue like hey i found this and this is what's happening he's like great you know yeah exactly <laughs> i mean most of it i mean he was probably very nice to me because most of it was user error mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just my fault it wasn't you know and he was he made it seem like you know it was like everyone did it 
<laughs> you know, I maybe feel like like I'm special, even just with my simple errors, because I'm not tech savvy at all. So. And he would probably say it in the nicest way too, like, "Hey, bro, oh, yeah. I, I know you didn't mean to do this, but you, you didn't hit the start button." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was so nice. You know what? Too he um, we started to get close through that through the children's, and then, but when he taught the trawler. Uh, system to us he, he uh came down and he set up a computer really introduced it to our bus ministry mm-hmm. but he also talked about on that same uh lecture i guess is what we'll call it it was kind of like a training before our our bus ministry went out for our sunday morning pickup yeah he was like he, he started talking about preparing your classroom mm-hmm. you know and i remember sitting there listening and thinking like in my classroom like yeah of course you know like look we got decorations that we got all this stuff like we're but he was really talking about the prayer and spiritual side of it he was mm-hmm. like um he, he was like you know he goes your child should walk into this room and feel god and but like the way he started t- saying it and teaching it was so much passion tears in his eyes about the importance of children feeling god and not just the the fun and, and excitement, but rather the spiritual side of it that that love and peace that they haven't had all week, and and kids feeling that when they walk through the door, mm-hmm. that is when you really if if you know there's a lot of things that we saw brother Wang, but when you know that his passion for children is his passion for them feeling the love of God, and feeling really just that and putting that desire in them to seek the Holy Ghost, that's when you're like, wow, this is a man that has a burden for children's ministry. Not just wanting to have fun and and play with technology. He was wanting to like share God. Mm-hmm. It was it, it, so much passion. So much passion. That that's um that's really amazing because like, you you're thinking of like people have to take this into perspective. This was just a training like uh, orientation for his app but they what we're not realizing is that he was so passionate about souls that he worked on this app for souls and it wasn't just like oh i created this here it goes kind of thing it was like no i created this so we can keep track of souls so we can keep track of people in the kingdom he's like there was it was much more than just a program that functioned it was a passion for him you know, yes, it was. Um, he explained Trawler to me, and I was like, whoa, like this is amazing. And then even on top of this, I was like, there's nothing in the secular world that does this. Or I would see even non-denominational Christian world with Fellowship One, people, all this other stuff that, that's out there. But this is an apostolic program that is geared to do what apostolics do. That's right. And, you know, I, I always teased him. I, I always messed with them and said, hey, you're, you're the king of spreadsheets, you know, like because yeah. he would have data and data and data. And I'm like, bro, like I can't I can't comprehend like I can handle spreadsheets. But when you throw this at me, you're like level 15. You know, I know. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it's so funny because I that actually the last read I was like uh, the last read seminar. I was like, you know, I, I 
my goal this year is to become more organized. Like, by the way, I need to get more organized like you. And then he'll be like, oh, no, I'm not organized. Mm-hmm. I was like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, how, you are the one of the most organized guys in this room right now. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's but, def- yeah. He was definitely the most organized person in children's ministry. I, I- yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. Like, you know, like, I was like, some people may give me like, oh, yeah, this kid's interested. Like, whatever. Confession's good, I guess. Like, Kim <laughs> sent me a contact the other day and through text message. I accidentally deleted it. So now I'm like going back and I'm like calling people like, hey, do you have that contact still? Luckily, we got it. We got it. Someone still yeah. had but I'm like, oh, my word. How dumb. Like, why did I delete that? Like, I'm so disorganized. Like, yeah. So and he I, was the one that I'm kept, trying. He was the one that trying. inspired us all to be together. Yeah. You know, he would have this, yeah. this, this. Oh, like I have a backup. Don't worry. You know? I know. <laughs> I save all of the. I save all of my deleted text message in this file. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He. Yeah. But. Great guy. I'm gonna miss him so much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. miss him so I much. I know. Already. I know you guys got to spend time with him at junior camp, our junior camp down oh, here yeah. in Southern California. Um, how was that time with him? Man, I I am so glad that I got to be there. You know, and and share that moment with him. I've had a lot of fun at junior camps. I mean, he he is outstanding. When I heard he was coming in the first place, I was like, hey, "But the wings are camp advantages." I was like, "Whoa!" So excited. Mm. But working with him, it was we had so we had brother Philip, brother Tyler Hodge, brother Wang, and they're the masterminds, right, of children's ministry. Mm. But it was funny to watch. So like after so. But the Wayne kind of already laid out like how the week will go, what, you know, kind of like a topic, what he'll say every single night, kind of like threw it out there. But then they they started to just like put up with like a like a plot that started on the first night. And then, you know, throughout the week, they just build on this. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching as, you know, I'm sitting there with Brother Philip, Brother Tyler Hodge. They're so left field right field like crazy ideas and i'm just like and it's hilarious like we're all just laughing and brother wayne's kind of just like right there in the middle like making sense of it all mm-hmm. and then i remember i went to my cabin after i was brainstorming probably for about two hours of just like what we could do what we could say a lot of it was just like we just got off topic and just like we're really down some weird rabbit trail mm-hmm. and then i went back to the cabin i was like kim I have no idea what Brother Wayne's gonna do tomorrow. Like these guys are nuts. Like how? <laughs> like it, it's crazy. But then he came back the next morning. And goes, hey, look, guys, I wrote it out. I got it all planned out. This is how we're gonna do it. He made all the chaos make sense. And I just looked at him all. How did you do that? How did you make that make any? And it was it was really cool. And uh, just seeing Brother Wayne also his passion when he taught, of course. You know, one night he was Moses. One night he was a, he was a, like an archangel kind of thing. And right. he, another night, you know, all these different characters, and he just taught, and and then he would bring it to an altar call, and then still in costume. I mean, like, yeah, dressed up as Noah, and, and you know, his full beard and everything. I'm praying for kids, like, with all his passion for them to get the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just that energy level. It it is it's something you see and you're like, man, I, I, I want to be on that level. I want to have that passion that he does. And like, it's like exhausting uh, desire to see kids get the Holy Ghost to where he's physically 
sweating, voice is gone, and he's just giving it everything he got. Mm-hmm. And then if I could just also add, because he's a family man, right? He had he had three kids and his wife were there. And all that, all of the running camp and doing everything else, and do, putting together his lessons and and performing and, and uh, the way he he was and like on a um, like a level of excitement, but then still go and like have go take Judah to the pool, you know? Like I was just like, man, like where's he? Where's this guy's energy? His tank does not stop. Like he he was like spending time with with Jessica and the kids and just sitting there eating and making sure that they had a good time at camp and he wasn't just so you know he he could balance his life very well and that that all impressed me as a as a family man mm. you know seeing a, a guy be like you know he's running a camp he's teaching he's he's preaching he's praying he's up late early mornings and still like being a a man of his home of just being loving to the kids spending time with them sitting with them praying with them it was just it was beautiful to see that i really enjoyed working this last camp with him not only that like he so he did all of that which is already amazing and i remember one of the days i ran like the craft station at camp for the week and i'm like he still made a day where he went around to each station so he was this you know he's the camp evangelist he didn't just hide out and you know no like he went around like i have pictures of him and one of the days he's um, he joined the kids and we're making just like a clay sculpture of something that reminds them of camp that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have the picture and it's like this little tiny orange bear, I guess, that he made. But the fact that he even just stepped out and went and he just, you know, like he walked around and he's engaging with the kids like he that that's what we teach in children's ministry. Yeah. And he's just, he was living it, you know, and I know it's camp, but it's, you know, it's not something that he was forcing himself to do. It's who he was. Mm -hmm. Like it was something he just, he wanted to do. And, you know, like his funeral and everyone that spoke and it's, it's almost very repetitive Yeah, because everybody is saying the same things because there's no other way to describe him besides those things that we all said, like, I don't remember exactly who it was, but they said, you know, like he's he was the type of person that once you were his friend, like he made you his friend forever. Right. And you just felt like that. But he's going around and he's doing that to these kids who don't know him. You know, like we have a whole variety of kids that get to go. And he's still on top of his own children, on top of his wife, on top of his duties. He's still found a day to go around and just mingle. Mm-hmm. see what everyone's doing like and it's just that's why he was so effective yeah you yeah. know because it was he was true like he wasn't just like oh i'll see you at the altar like pray through no he's like no like we're doing this together yeah yeah and that's just it like that just stuck out with me even while we were there and i'm like this is this is what children's ministry is you know like mm-hmm. we say that all the time in best ministry if you want to be effective to these kids go out on a different day like our most effective is like a Friday evening because all the kids are home and they're just hanging out. Yeah. And I'm like, he did that even at junior camp. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> like he, he wasn't scrounging for time. You know, he's like, no, it's here. I'm doing it now. Yeah. He definitely knew what was what it needed. To, he definitely knew what needed to be done to make sure that those kids he, and it was giving his time. And, yes. and it was just like you said, he made every person feel like they were important. And even our kids your kids at the junior camp was 
prime example. He was mm-hmm. going to make sure that he wanted to show them, hey, I care enough about you that, yes. that I'm talking to you. And then, you know, too many times I think we have ministers or even children's ministers that lose that that kind of vision that mm-hmm. that stuff needs to be done in order to be effective. And he was prime yeah. example. He would tell you that and even in his seminars that he would do that you need to make sure that these kids know that you care because they can tell. Absolutely. He would say they, yes. they can tell a phony from a mile away. Yes, absolutely. And uh, even when he, he came down and, and that weekend he came to our church and ministered on our Sunday morning and he was doing the same exact thing, walking around talking to kids. Him and sister Jessica were going around and talking to everybody, getting to know everybody. And so Jessica's that, amazing. Yeah, I love Jessica I mean, so much. Yeah, if Jessica, she listens to this, Jessica, you know I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jessica, you're the you're the queen of kid men. <laughs> yeah, she really is. But you know, they both did that together. And I think that was yeah. that's the beauty of it. And it's something that I know um Selena and I looked up to them uh greatly and saying if they can do it and they had kids, then we can do it. There's no excuse yeah. for us to do it. So absolutely, I, I know I I hope that Sister Wang is listening to this and understanding that we not only looked at James in that light and saying, "Hey, this is this is the person I want to be in children's ministry," but it was also them because they worked as a team because they prayed together. They were, you know, we looked at them as like giants in children's ministry because of the dynamic that their relationship had. And that's something that I think is going to be etched in time um, is saying, hey, you know, if you want to be effective in children's ministry and you're a couple or married um, and you have kids, this is who you want to model after. And I, oh, yes. You know, oh, yeah. She is. She just she has a fire behind her. Yeah. She's just so. They, yeah, she's awesome. And she, she you know, sometimes. We don't always look at, you know, we see Brother James, but he had his support, mm-hmm. which was her, oh, you yeah. know, and that's, that's completely like they were a team, you know, like if she wasn't as wonderful as she is, like it could have hindered him, but right. it wasn't, that's not the case. Like, right. and she just, she's so strong. She was there, leading, she was there leading the camp choir instead of yeah. just hanging yes. in the back with the kids. Yeah, she's so great. And she just jumped right in like, oh, man, she did so good, too. We love you, Sister Wayne. You're awesome. I love you, Jessica. <laughs> but um, I, I think I want to ask you guys, what is one thing? And, and I know, like we were saying, a lot of this is repetitive of what everybody's saying, but it's an echo. I don't think it's repetitive as it's like, oh, they were hearing this again. This is an echo that hopefully inspires somebody that may have never met James. Um, but what is w- something that you can pull from the times that you spent with him, the messages that you've heard from him um, that's saying, hey, I heard this from James Wang and it changed my life? Um, like maybe one lesson you mean and that he might have taught? Anything, yeah. I mean, even if it was a conversation. You know, um, <clears throat> man, there's so many. What what would be that moment? There's so many of them. Because mm-hmm. uh, I and that's not the cop out. Just said we're talking about him, and I know this is going on a podcast. Like this is what I say about Brother Wang on a daily basis. Uh, when I was, even when he was still with us, I've always talked high of the man. But you know, one 
one that really sticks out to me. I mean, it's just more recent. The music. Uh, well, yeah, the one that he did, the last one of the uh, the was it the opening for like the first night? Oh yeah, the, the first thing he talked main, about. Yeah, main session. Uh, Selena told me about yeah. it. She was like on me for like a month about it. Like, yeah, you, you need to listen to it. You need to listen. I was like, I know, I know. Oh, they my word. Yeah. The, just how how did he title that? I can't remember it right now. I'm totally thinking. But basically, the lesson is is like the way all ministry works together. Right. The, the outreach ministry team to the getting them on the bus team to the to the the Sunday school team to the the discipleship team and all that and how it all plays together and he built that song and mm-hmm. and I'm just like that was the most creative way to teach that because mm-hmm. for me personally when when I started bus ministry I I was heavily involved in Sunday school for like probably eight years before that and I was just like you know I saw bus ministry. I didn't see it as separate. I didn't, I, I wasn't like, but I just saw, kind of saw like people go get the kids and they bring them to Sunday school. Right. But one day my eyes opened up and this was before brother Wayne taught that of like the importance of, man, I'm a Sunday school teacher. I need to be on a bus. I need to be picking these kids up. I need to be on their, at their homes. Mm-hmm. I need to make that connection, man. And then, and then my eyes started opening up even further of discipleship and that lesson right there. I mean, I couldn't hold back tears. I was just like, it, it touched my heart so much because it's so beautiful and so true mm-hmm. of just the the connections of all of them. Right. Um, that, that you know, and then, of course, his passion and burden when he taught it, like, it's like, it's there's no way, you know, like, you can't have a dry eye because it's just, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, I that, that would probably be one of the moments that really – like sticks in my mind still one of the many really, but that's one thing that sticks in my mind right now. What about you, Kim? You have anything? Oh man. I know I talk a little more to Jessica and I can't, I can't really say like one, one thing in particular, but, um, Maybe just something something that just stands out was like he was so genuine, mm-hmm. right? Like we if you've met him, you just you just know. Right. Like he is not playing around, you know. I have a funny story that sticks out. Go ahead. And uh so it was I believe it was after the Redland seminar. We were going out um with this new couple in the church. So we're like, Oh hey, we have some time after this. Let's go grab food and they're like, Okay. So we ended up going to uh to Redlands and we ran into um it was like the Bookers, so Jen and Philip, uh Tyler and Brianna Hodge, and the Wangs. And so we're like, hey. So we ended up going over there and everyone's just kind of eating and hanging out. Well, um their youngest. <laughs> it's just a funny story. Mm-hmm. But Jessica took some of the boys to the bathroom and the baby kind of just wandered off a little bit. Well, this man brings them back. And I just remember, like, Jessica's, like, ready to go now. You know, it's been a long day. And she's just like, okay. Like, this wonderful smile on her face. And she's just like, time to go. (laughs) And so, um, but James, like, he's standing there and he just hung his head down. And he was so genuinely sad. (laughs) That he was like, that was my responsibility. You know, like, they didn't argue. They did nothing, you know, like, crazy. And he was just like. Man, <laughs> man, I messed up. 
but it was it was so funny you know and he was just like it was just that genuine emotion like his head hung down like his shoulders were like slouchy and he was just so sad oh my goodness (laughs) hello You know, it was his personality. It was all of that. But it was just like he was human. You mm-hmm. know, like that was his like uh, it was it was funny. That was it. <laughs> but I mean, other than that, he he's impacted us like every every time he's spoken, you know, I like had these pictures and, you know, from junior camp or from the Redland seminar and uh, like just sitting up there. And, you know, it's I, I have this one. And it's you, it's Brother Philip, Tyler Hodge, and James Wang. Mm-hmm. I'm looking on like this panel alone is just amazing. Like everybody has their own strengths. And just like my husband was saying, you know, like he was almost that like he made everything make sense. He, and him. he made everything like, you know, he'd sit back and he'd kind of nod and and then he'd come out with this idea because he's just like analyzing in his head while everyone's like, you know, saying all this just off the wall ideas. And uh-huh. he's just like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, so yeah. let's do this. And then all of a sudden it was like a cake, you know, <laughs> he took all the ingredients and made like this cake. Like it was, he was just, oh man, I, he's, gonna, he was great. I'm going to tell you right now, if you, if you guys were up there in that panel, it's a mess because <laughs> it's Philip trying to keep everybody together. <laughs> James is there analyzing everything and then me and yeah. Tyler are just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, I even Tyler it. will joke because it's the funny th- funniest thing is whenever the four of us are around Philip's trying to keep everybody sane and then <laughs> James is kind of shaking his head and just laughing at us and then Tyler and me are being like complete goofballs trying not to get in trouble. <laughs> right. But uh, that's what I think of what I think when you guys, but yeah, he would always come up with something like, oh yeah, I heard this. Well, what about this? And he just pull it out left park and we're just like, huh? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, awesome. I just want to thank you guys um, for taking this time and just sharing this. I, I think this is some great stuff that um, I, like I said, I think this is, my goal here is I want people to listen to this and just be inspired to take up that mantle and just say, you know, I want to push forward and I want to do more than I've ever done before. Um, I want to do more than my friend did and I want to do more than ever before, you know? Yes. And that's, that's really just the goal from this podcast. I know it's a lot of stories and a lot of reiteration, but hopefully that just pounds in our head and, eventually yeah. hits our hearts hard enough to change us yeah uh i definitely just want to wrap up with saying you know i left his funeral challenged right i told brother philip that i was like how can a man be so impactful that even at his funeral i'm still feeling challenged right to do more do more for god be more involved you know make more of an impact have more compassion have more passion for children's ministry or just in whatever you do, do it all right. and be faithful at it. And, you know, not only have I said, that, I've heard people from that aren't even involved in children's ministry who listen on Holy ghost radio and, and heard the funeral. And they were like, man, 
I've never felt more challenged to do more for God. They're like, I never met the man, but he challenged me so much, mm-hmm. you know, just by listening to him. And I'm like, we all feel the same way. So right, right. I, I, I want to, I, I'm going to miss him, but we are going to carry on. We're going to do, we're going to continue working. We're going to, I'm going to do more for God. I'm going to be more involved. And, uh, of course, and if Jessica and the boys are listening from the Estradas, we love you guys. We're praying for you. Um, we, we just love you guys so much. So awesome. Thank you for sharing brother Wang with us. Mm-hmm. Jessica and the family, thank you for sharing him. We all know the sacrifice that it takes from families and right. Jessica, thank you. Awesome. So. Well, thank you guys so much. I appreciate yes. all your guys' time. And um, you know, let's just let's just take this and let's run with it. Yes, sir. Thank you for your, for calling us, Ray. We appreciate you hey. and what you're doing with the podcast. It's awesome. No problem. You know what? Right. Let's just do it. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Stay kingdom minded. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, today I am joined by Tyler Hodge. How you doing, bro? I am blessed and highly favored. It's good to have you back on, uh, not under the best circumstances, but definitely enjoy our conversations. And so today we are talking about our friend James and, um, the amazing person he was and the legacy that he left behind. Um, how did you meet James? So I met James originally at a Western District UPC Children's Ministry Convention in Merced, California, at Brother Sam Emery's church mm-hmm. in 2012. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I first met him. And, um, I wouldn't say that we were the best of friends when we first met. I mean, the thing about James is that he, when you met him, he was just so kind and so sincere in that kindness mm-hmm. that he made you feel like you're an immediate friend. Right. You know? And so it was kind of hard for me to pinpoint when we became friends after I met him just because his, his demeanor of friendliness so even though I was introduced to him uh, in 2012 at that children's ministry convention, we didn't really keep in touch during that year. But when I went back in 2013, I was, um, I was one of the speakers at the convention and he was one of the speakers at the convention. He was speaking on bus ministry and uh, I was speaking on some other stuff in a breakout, in, you know, a breakout venue. And so that's when we really began to connect and talk about children's ministry and um, his burden for the Blue Bomber crew in San Jose. For those of you who know about the bus ministry that originated out of San Jose, you know all about the Blue Bomber crew. Um, And it was their bus ministry. This is kind of the thing that they they coined for their bus ministry. And man, his passion for bus ministry, for outreach, just winning souls in general, not even just just kids but that guy he was a soul winner and uh it really impacted me and um from that point forward i knew that we were going to be where we were going to be friends and we kept in touch um after after that 
Wow. I think you might be the oldest connection that I know of <laughs> as far as what James, like how long you've known him for. Like that's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've known each other for a long time, you know, but uh, he's, he had a decade on me as far as age is concerned, <laughs> but I never knew that <laughs> the guy just did not age. Yeah. He's, you know, and not ministry. just physically, not just physically, but like, um, and his personality, you know, mm-hmm. he just, he seemed so youthful. Uh, he was very youthful, but, um, I'm sure he had connections <laughs> before 2012. I mean, he was 41 years old, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he knew people, you know, yeah, in his twenties and teens. But, um, as far as our circle of influence is concerned, uh, yeah, I've, I've known him for quite a while. Wish I would have met him earlier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so what do you think that was like the thing that stood out about him? I, I know you said that as soon as he talked to you, you felt like you were instantly friends and just, you know, even though it was just kind of like a, hey, nice to meet you. I, You know, what was the thing that stood out about him? Well, the common ground that we shared was just the kingdom of God. And like I said, it it wasn't necessarily even just children's ministry, but the guy was passionate about so many things. And I think, you know, at his memorial service um, last month in October, I I feel like that was kind of the common thread. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even children's ministry being the common thread with everybody. That was our main common ground was children's ministry, uh, soul winning in general, just the kingdom of God in general. But um, everybody that had anything to say about him at his memorial service, they said the word at least one time. They said the word passionate. Right. And that really stands out to me with him. He was passionate about everything. I mean, if he was teaching at the Sunday school, um, you know, the children's ministry workshop in Redlands, there at your church, Ray. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was teaching with passion. It didn't matter if he was talking about bus ministry or outreach or Sunday school or some technological Sunday school advancement. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to be passionate about it and, and explain it with such passion that you immediately wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes I would, my brain would just get fried talking to him because he was so passionate about so many things. And the guy was a genius. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I had a hard time keeping up in conversation because the guy was just so advanced in his thinking, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, bro, we got to reset. Let me, let my, let my brain catch up. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever talk to you about spreadsheets? Bro, he talked to me about coding, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? He can't talk to me about this stuff." He he, and I feel like I'm okay with spreadsheets, but he broke Not it down. Like James to, was. Oh no, no, he yeah, he would tell me about spreadsheets. Oh, I have this, and I do this, and I'm like, "Uh huh, <laughs> I can do a pivot table." <laughs> Man, I promise. Yeah, I I could I should have connected more pastors with James because. I'm pretty sure he had a spreadsheet for revival. <laughs> he had a formula. Like, <laughs> he could he had, yeah, he had it. He had it down. You just insert the name, and they were saved within a week. 
So, <laughs> I mean, the guy was a genius. And, and there was things that we'd talk about, you know, in our accountability group. And I'm sure, I mean, I, uh, I heard that you reached out to Jillian. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had an accountability group. So I, I know that your listeners already kind of have a foundation there of, of what I'm talking about. But when he would talk to us about what he was trying to accomplish with Trawler and the different things that he was doing, I'm serious, man. At the end of his little five minutes of telling us what he was trying to accomplish, I just tell, I just clap my hands and be like, "Way to go, bro! <laughs> if if you could do that, then more power to you." Because I only followed all the conjunction words you just said. You know, I I knew the ands and the thes and the mm-hmm. ors and the I I knew all of that, but I didn't understand the thing you just said. Other than that, you're 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 amazing. Yeah, and. Uh, no, and he would break that whole thing down, and then at the end of the meeting, he's like, oh, I don't have a name for this. Let's call it Amazing Awesome Super Meeting or something. <laughs> yeah, I, um, amazing, uh, awesome um, Sunday School Group of Accountability, which is also awesome, or something like that. It, yeah. was, it, was, pretty, it was pretty awesome. Something silly, but like he was able to switch off. You know, oh, he switched gears so great. You know, yeah. even when he was teaching, whether it was adults in the Avenue of Best Ministry or Sunday school in a workshop setting, mm-hmm. or I've watched him in children's ministry, you know, he could flip that switch so easy, which is kind of indicative of a of an effective children's minister mm-hmm. to be able to toggle back and forth between being childlike and still being grounded in something eternal, right? You know, um. And the weightiness of that, he was able to toggle back and forth so well, you know, being silly and, and serious within the same sentence, you know? Yeah. And, uh, another thing I, I'm sure somebody's already mentioned this, but another thing that I felt he was so passionate in, and it was just so apparent, I think it was one of the, it was one of the trademarks of his passion was his facial expressions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like I forever there are certain facial expressions and body movements and things that he did that are seared into my mind. And it just makes me laugh. Like when I think of him in those moments, like I giggle because he was just so passionate, you know? Uh And, and, um, I want to be more, and this, this is probably going to sound like a shocker coming from me, but, I want to be more bold mm. with my passion like he was. Right. I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty passionate individual, but um, the guy had no, it, it, it felt like, and I'm sure that he dealt with this. And if he's, you know, he shared his testimony about growing up and mm-hmm. being bullied as a kid and different things. And <clears throat> that really affected his self-esteem and his insecurities but when he became a minister of the gospel and he became a soul winner, all those insecurities had to take a backseat to his passion. Yeah. And I want to be that way to where if I have any insecurities, when I approach any, any role that I play, whether it's preacher, pastor, Bible study, giver, evangelist, children's minister, whatever I'm, I am in that moment, I want, I want all my insecurities, all my self doubts to just take a back seat 
and for me to be bold with my passion and only let that shine through, you know, mm. my confidence in God that he is going to use me and we're going to do this, you know, yeah. is that that's what James did. And, yeah. and I think he was a great example in that. He's almost like, um, <clears throat> almost like a, a volcano, you know, like he's rumbling when he starts to teach or, or preach and doing it oh, and yeah. all of a sudden it's just like boom he's like yeah you know that's what i over i remember the right. most about his teaching and preaching yeah. it was like it started off very calm and you right. know he was almost ted talkish at the beginning you know right <laughs> just like okay yeah. let me lay down this foundation and then right. as soon as he hits a point that he's just so excited about or yeah. feels like so strongly about um especially you know soul winning or the gospel it's just Boom! It like and I remember his hand shaking the way he moved his hand, you know, yeah. Because he was yeah. just like he didn't know what to do with it aside from just shaking yeah. his hand and just just, shaking just it talking he was about just the anointing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he would just move it, and he would just you know when he was talking about Acts two thirty eight or you know Jesus name baptism or the Holy Ghost and how it's going to change your life. Like his hand would begin to shake because he was so passionate about it, and he's like, I don't know what to do with this, you know. And then, or the cycle of bus ministry. I loved it when he did oh, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the working parts of Sunday school and how we mm-hmm. how we sound better together, you know, right. all those things. Um, those lessons and I think things. that's, he, that's been man. an echo throughout this whole episode is just um everybody has brought that up. And I think that that was one of his greatest messages. He's had many of them, but that was one of them that stood out yeah, to a lot of people. Um you know, yeah. Uh, but he's had so many little taglines that 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 mm-hmm. I've taken and I apply to my daily life. You know, you uh, know what? I, I want to share one with you and your mm-hmm. listeners that you might not have heard before because I don't think he ever taught it in a workshop setting. Okay, he may have because I haven't been to every single one of his breakouts because you know a lot of times we're teaching simultaneously. Um, but there was one lesson that he did where he was talking about the attention span of kids mm-hmm. and that you don't have access to the deepest part of a child's understanding and attention the whole time you're with them. Like that is an earned, that is an earned, you have to get earned access mm-hmm. to that place. Like a, a kid's not going to meet you and be automatically receptive to whatever you are going to say. A lot of times kids are so their attention span is so short or, you know, they can be standoffish because you're new that they aren't going to really give you the time of day until you make them comfortable with you. Right. Like, and, and, and he said, you got to con- make a connection with these kids more than just being a talking head. You've got to make a connection with these kids to trust you if you want your teaching to impact them. And then once they trust you, it's not just a matter of the, that they trust you because kids that have, you, we've seen this kids that's been coming to Sunday school for years and years and have been raised in church. As long as our kid, their attention span's not going to be, you know, soaking up everything that you have to say for a whole hour. Right. You know, it's, it's very short and you have a limited time to reach that part of them that is really going to be effective. Mm-hmm. And so he referred kids. It was so funny when he, when he said this on our accountability group, but it's so true. You know, those trash cans that have like a lid that when you step on it on the pedal, it opens the lid mm-hmm. and you can throw it away. 
asked, he said, kids are like trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> he said, they'll take whatever you give them, but you got to get them to open up first. And when they open up, they're only that, that lid of opportunities. It's only going to be open for a short amount of time for you to hurry up and put whatever you have for them inside. Hmm. And then they're going to close up again. And so if you miss that window, you're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose that opportunity to really put it in them. And um, that always stood out to me, that little object lesson, that little visual that he gave to me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he was saying that the way that you get their lid open isn't just through trust, but it's through fun. And that was his big thing, you know, was, yeah. was the currency of children's ministry is fun. It's fun. We handle fun. That's, that's what we deal in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you get kids to have fun, if you engage them, in a fun way, then there's going to be a moment in your lesson where their lid's going to be open. They're going to be receptive to whatever you have to say next. And that's when you, you know, that's when you do the one, two punch. That's when you put it in them while they're receptive, while they're engaged, while their attention is on you. And I think that was the nuts and bolts of how he did what we were talking about earlier. He could be so silly and so, you know, um, childlike, <laughs> mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, he was able to connect on a child's level. Um, one moment, and then the very next moment, he was he was seizing that opportunity that the lid was open. You know, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that was the nuts and bolts on how he did it. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like he was like paying, like uh, I'm trying to think, like. You know, like a like feeding like a vending machine or something like that. Like, oh, like I'm giving the money. Okay, I'm grabbing it now. You know what I mean? Or like the claw. You know, the claw, the claw game at like right. carnival. Like he's like, okay, I'm feeding, feeding. Okay, now now's my time to hit it. Now it's my turn. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hit the button, and, and, and it's mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and he knew what he was going after, and a lot of times he got it because he knew how to seize that opportunity right. of receptivity. You know, mm-hmm. and. uh I remember the first children's revival I did <clears throat> outside of doing a junior camp was at your guys' church, actually, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Bishop Wilmish came up to me after the second night. I think we we had we had dinner mm-hmm. after after service, and he came up to me and in the sweetest, humblest way, which is the only way for Bishop Wilmish. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um. There's other ways, but I'm just... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you, as a saint, you would probably you would know the other side. But for me, he's an elder in my life, mm-hmm. and he was talking. He, we were talking about different things, and he said, "Now, now, brother Hodge, I just want to tell you, you know, when you're reaching kids, you've got to understand <laughs> that." you have only a short time to really reach them and their attention spans can't handle a lot of talking. And so what I've noticed in your, your, your ministry is your children's sermons tend to go a little long. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and he, t- he told me that, you know, my first revival and that has been the most impactful piece of advice that anyone has ever given me on children's ministry. Right. And when James went through 
that little object lesson, that visual about teaching kids and then being a trash can and, and they'll take anything you have to put in them, but you got to seize the opportunity when they're receptive and, mm. and get them to open up. It just kind of confirmed that, you know, right. And so you don't, they don't need a 30 minute message. They don't need a 45 minute sermon. They don't even need a 15 minute sermon. Yeah. Um, they just got to get open, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that's James. I remember he, I didn't even go to this one. I, I just walked into it because I was grabbing something out of the sanctuary and he was teaching in there and he was teaching the one about, I don't even remember the topic to be honest with you, but I know he was talking about working with this pastor and he's like, and I would go to my pastor and I would have this list of things. I'd have papers here and I would bring them to my pastor. These are my ideas. And he goes, and then he would take the green, the dream crusher and just smash all my ideas. He goes, because I wasn't in line with what he wanted to do. And I was right. like, and I was like, I walked into this and I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, like I got a tidbit of his blessed message and, and it was still like, if I would, if you were to step into his message and just listen to it for like five minutes, you'd, you'd gain something out of it. Yeah. So true. Well, I know that, um, there's been others that have spoken, and I don't know how long this episode is going to be. I know you and I have been on the phone for a little while now, yeah. so I don't want to take up too much of your episode. <laughs> but um, there's one last thing. It's just all of it seems so surreal still, you know, is, mm-hmm. um, that that all this has happened. But God's got a plan in it all, you know, and it's hard for us to see that um, now. And I think of jessica and his three sons yeah and my heart breaks for them on it you know because on a daily basis they're they're facing this you know it's awesome they're doing an honorary episode yeah and tribute to him um but for the most part a lot of people that knew him or knew of him they've they're just living life as as is his family everybody's just moving moving on as far as life is concerned but um I just ask the listeners to hold Jessica, his wife, and his three boys, Jace and uh, Judah and um, Jaden and Jace, you know, and, and just pray for them. Mm-hmm. And God would give them strength. You know, I couldn't imagine my wife and I just talked about this at length. You know, we couldn't imagine, you know, if, mm-hmm. well, um, Bishop. if that was our family, you know, and, and I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine that it was him. You know, I, no one ever saw this coming, but yeah. they None just really us. need our prayers. Yeah. Yeah. My bishop, Bishop always says this. He says, you know, it's easy to be there for someone in the moment. He goes, but the time that the, that people will always need you is the times after yeah. everything has settled. He said, you know, yeah. he goes, the, the, I, he goes, I want to be there for people when there when holidays are there when you know yeah it's just a random saturday you don't know what those people are going through so those are the days that like we have to just be vigilant and just be like you know i need to make sure i take time and see how they're doing or give you know just pray for them um you know yeah i i i i i always tell our staff um in kids church god doesn't work in necessary plan planning 
um, his conversations with us. Sometimes he just wants to talk to you. And, and I think that God's just like, I'll stop and say, God, I need you right now. Like I didn't plan this prayer moment. I just need to talk to you and just say, what do I need to do? You know? Yeah. And so I think that, you know, even if it's not a full tearing in our session that, you know, we try to set in our schedule, I think even if it's just like God touch them, God speak to them, you know, God give them power. Like I, I do those quick little 10, you know, five minute prayers or two minute prayers or 30 second prayers, whatever it is. If I feel God pricking my heart, I'm going to say, God, you know, speak to them right now, please, you know, give them strength. Um, and I definitely can't underestimate the power of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I know that sister Jessica is going to be listening to this and we want to let you know that we are, we are doing that. We are praying for you guys and, and you always have all of us. I mean, you can hear all the people in this podcast that care so much about you guys and you're just a simple phone call away and don't feel that it is ever an inconvenience for us. We will take it, take the call, take the text message and, do everything that we can because we cared enough about you guys and we cared enough about James that we know he would do the same for us. And it's not even a matter of a question for any of us to, to step in and see what we can do. Right. And the best thing, you know, and and I found in moments like this, even pastoring and having saints that have gone through traumatic loss, um, there's nothing that you could really say or even do other than just be there and, and be a shoulder and, and cry with them and, and love them through it, that there's nothing that really even helps like take pain away necessarily. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it seems so futile, you know, any of our efforts. But one of the things that I used to tell people is like, you know, um, I'll pray for you. It's the least that I can do, or the least I can do is pray, you know, mm-hmm. and, God checked that in my spirit, you know, several, a few years back. And I told that to an individual and, uh, and then I just had to stop and I'm like, you know what? God was telling me you're underestimating what you're offering. Right. You know, um, when you say that I'm going to pray for you, we need to have the confidence that that's the best thing that we can do for anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, even if we're going to, contribute counseling or finances or anything else that might be arbitrary or might be helpful in that situation. The best thing that we can do is pray. And so for those of you out there who wish you could do more or say something, sometimes the best thing that you could do is just pray, you know, so let's really not take that lightly um, for, for his family. And, uh, and, it's been an honor to be a part of this this tribute episode. Uh, he was a dear friend of mine, and I told Ray at the beginning of this, I told you, bro, that I, I didn't want to I didn't want to approach this solemnly. I wanted to approach this with joy, mm-hmm. and uh, knowing that he's finished his course, you know, he's kept the faith, he's he's fought a good fight, and right. he's left an example for us. Hebrews twelve and one says, "We're foreseeing that we are." so greatly compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Right. And I totally butchered the quotation of that verse, but, um, 
<laughs> like to contest. Uh, this was not a quotation question question. <laughs> um, but we're we're compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, and James is is forever permanently installed as one of those witnesses in the cloud. Mm-hmm. And and um, nothing could ever take that away. You know, like as long as he was living, as long as we we're living. There is opportunity for failure and to strip that example away from our ministry, our church, our world, our families. Mm-hmm. But man, when we finish the course, it's a permanent installation in the cloud of witnesses. And yeah. he's made it. And that gives me joy for him, you know. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the greatest thing that I could do is just keep his memory alive and talk about the example that he was so that we could we could uh get emulate those things right well that's beautiful man i appreciate your your time and um if we sound a little froggy it's because we got up (laughs) really early to do this but it's well worth it (laughs) yeah we fired up already yeah we feel it was worth it um i just want to thank you bro for coming on and just sharing your your thoughts and your memories and um you know like i've said on every single person i i pray that this is an encouragement to someone who didn't get to know him and, yeah you know and hopefully this will this will sit and push people for years you know it's awesome yes yeah. sir so well thank you for doing it and thank you for having me on Ray. it means a lot thank you so much brother hey no problem man love you Love you too. God bless. God bless.